The Art of Leadership Network. Welcome to Lead Culture with Ginny Katrin, brought to you by Foresight, a podcast all about building confident leaders, extraordinary teams, and thriving cultures. The goal is to equip you to lead yourself well so you can lead others better. Thank you for choosing to listen today and enjoy this episode. Well, hey, welcome to the podcast today. I'm Jenny Katrin, your host, founder and CEO of the Foresight Group. And I am glad that you are here today. Hey, if you're a new listener, uh, we are a part of the Art of Leadership Network. And you may have found us through that network. And so I want to say thank you for joining us. I am so glad you're here. I hope that you are enjoying the content on all things leadership and staff culture. Because it is my personal conviction that I want leaders to be healthy and thriving, and I want teams to be healthy and thriving. And so that is the point of the podcast. And if you're new with us, I am so glad that you have checked it out. I want to encourage you that a rating, a review, all of those things are super helpful for us to know how we're doing and also continue to connect with people and share more of all things leadership and culture. Well, today I want to take a minute and talk about the perspective shifts that we need to effectively lead change. I don't think that I need to convince you that our world is constantly changing. In fact, it feels like we're navigating endless change, doesn't it? Like the rate of change, the pace of change just feels like it keeps accelerating. And change is challenging for us as leaders. It's challenging for everybody, but it's quite challenging for us as leaders to know how to lead through it, how to lead through it effectively, and how to help it be a more of a positive rather than a negative for our teams. So today I want to talk about these three perspective shifts that I think we need to make to lead change effectively. Now, I had the privilege of writing an article for the most recent outreach magazine. Uh, it's the outreach magazine May-June issue for 2022. And if you haven't uh, checked that out, I encourage you to do so. There's some great articles from Andy Stanley, Craig Rochelle, and then I was able to contribute this um, article about leading change. So I thought I would share a little bit from that by way of just helping us think through how do we need to think differently in the season that we're in, and particularly when we're leading through change. Um, Some of you are early adopters, right? Like you're the ones that are always pushing us to consider new ideas and new technology. So change doesn't bother you quite as much because you're always on the front end of change. Others of you are more the late adopters, concerned about whether all of the changes are a good thing or not. So you're the ones that are a little more skeptical of change. There is something called the theory of the diffusion of innovation that was developed by E.M. Rogers in 1962. And this theory seeks to explain how, why, and at what rate new ideas and technology spread. It's super fascinating to me to just think through like the pace of change as it moves through a people group. So the diffusion of innovation seeks to kind of explain that. And it outlines five different categories that people land in related to their propensity to adopt or resist change. So 
as you even start to think about this, you probably know where you fall in the spectrum. It's often shown as a bell curve, you know, with on the far left of the bell curve are the early adopters. And on the right side of that bell curve are the late adopters. The way the theory defines it, it says that those innovators, you know, way over on the left side of that bell curve is like 2.5% of the population are the true innovators, the people who are coming up with the brand new ideas and helping spark change. They're followed by the early adopters, which account for about like 13.5% of the population. These are the people who, as soon as they hear a new idea, they are on it. These are the people who bought into cryptocurrency right off the bat years ago, right? It is the people who used to stand in line for the latest and newest iPhone when iPhones were new, right? So that innovators and then those early adopters. And then there's the early majority. And so about 34% of the population are in the early majority. Now, I think this is about where I land. I'm not an innovator. I am rarely a early adopter, but I'm usually an early majority. When I see movement and I see there's momentum towards something new or towards necessary change, I'm usually on that side of the equation. And then they're followed by the late majority, which is another 34%. So the majority, you know, 68% are early or late majority. They're kind of at the top of that bell curve. And then the laggards are 16%. So you've always got this group that is just resistant. No matter how good you are at leading change, you're going to have a group of people who just, they're slow to change. That's just how they're wired. It's not necessarily wrong. It's just the nature of it, that this is kind of how we fall out as a people group when it comes to change. So most of you sit in one of two seats within your church. This is or church or organization. This is often what I see is you're an innovator or early adopter who is eager to use new ideas and new technology effectively. And you get frustrated when your ideas aren't eagerly received and implemented. You feel like your organization is lagging behind and it frustrates you. So in every organization, there are, you know, about 16% of the population are the innovator or the early adopter. You're the idea people. You're the ones that see the potential and see the opportunity and you're trying to get your organization or your team to jump on those new opportunities. Others of you are in that early majority or late majority. So this is the 68% majority. You're slower to embrace change and quick to ask questions about the need for it. So you're like, hmm, I don't know what I think about that. This is me. Somebody from my team will suggest something new. And I'm like, ah, yeah, I don't know. I ask a zillion questions. I'm a little reluctant because I maybe haven't seen somebody else do it yet. So this is where 68% of us tend to fall. Additionally, if you're in this majority, you spend your time with people who are most likely in that late majority or the laggards. So you're often hearing from the people a little further on the right side of that bell curve. And you're the one who gets peppered with the questions about why change is necessary. So a lot of you that are in that majority are hearing from the late majority or the laggards that are kind of the, you know, the ones questioning or asking for a little more understanding of why we need to change. Okay. So most of you inside of your organizations, you land in one of those two seats. You're either on that innovator or early adopter or in the majority. And so with an understanding of this theory, I think perspective always matters, right? Like you hear me talk about this all the time about self-awareness being so keyed, how we think about things and making sure we've got good perspective. So I feel like this tool, this diffusion of innovation just helps us understand the natural like patterns and behaviors of how people embrace or resist change. So 
with an understanding of the theory, I want to offer you three perspective shifts that you can make that will help you lead your organization to engage change in ways that enable you to move your mission forward. Because that's what we want, right? We want to move our mission forward. And in a time when things are shifting and changing so frequently, it gets a little exhausting to make sense of it. So I think these three perspectives are helpful as you think about change in your organization. So the first perspective is from being stuck to being curious. Now, before you tell me that you're not stuck, let me ask you a few questions. Tea or coffee? Y'all know it's tea for me. Apple or PC? You have pretty strong opinions on that. Coke or Pepsi? You have pretty strong opinions on that, right? We all have preferences. And when you double down on your preferences, you have the potential to be stuck, right? Whatever your preference is, that's a place where you have the potential to be stuck. Do you drive the same route to work every day? Do you eat the same thing for breakfast as I do every morning? If you have a predictable routine, you might be stuck. Now, that might just be a choice, but you might be stuck, right? And so asking those questions and just being aware of, we develop preferences and habits, and those preferences and habits become places where we can get stuck if we're not willing to be curious. So I'm not saying that preferences or routines are bad. I'm just bringing them to your attention to demonstrate that you're more prone to getting stuck than you might want to believe. We all like the comfortable and familiar, don't we? But as leaders, we must be aware when we are stuck in the comfortable and familiar rather than being curious about the unknown. So listen to this, you guys. I think this is a really important perspective for leaders, that we must be aware when we are stuck in the comfortable and familiar rather than being curious about the unknown. So for those of you who are the innovators, this comes a bit more naturally to you. You're more inclined to seek out new ideas. You're more energized by opportunities. You're more naturally curious. That's just part of how you're wired. And what I want you to recognize is that the majority of people you serve are not innovators like you. Again, this is helpful perspective, isn't it? We just need to understand that not everybody is quick to think and anticipate change and want to respond to change as easily as you do if you're an innovator. Where you get stuck if you're an innovator is being frustrated when others just don't get it when your leader doesn't get it, when you bring that new idea and they don't give it the time of day, we get stuck in the frustration of others not getting it. So if you're in that innovator category, you need to become curious and understanding of the fact that others don't embrace new ideas as quickly as you do. It's just that understanding of it and getting curious about that. Others won't see a new opportunity with the same sense of enthusiasm. It doesn't mean you're right or wrong or they're right or wrong. It just means you're coming from different perspectives. So understanding this will help you be more patient in casting the vision and helping others understand how new ideas can be helpful to the mission. So if you're an innovator, you have to understand that not everybody is going to see it as quickly as you see it. And so then you've got to be patient to find ways to help cast that vision or share it in a way that brings along the majority. So be patient and help others cultivate curiosity. 
For those of you who fall in the majority, I want to challenge you to be more curious. Rather than having fixed ideas about what works and what doesn't, ask questions and learn more from your innovators. So we're comfortable. We're in that majority. Feels like the the rest, most other people are with us too because they are, because we're in the majority. And so we can be dismissive of those innovators because it sometimes can be a little scary. It sometimes can be a little risk-taking. And so if you're in the majority, getting curious about what the innovators see is really, really helpful and potentially powerful for your organization. So as leaders, we must move from being stuck to being curious. Realize when you're set in your ways and when you need to be curious about new opportunities or ideas. That's the essence of that perspective shift of just understanding when do I need to be more curious about new opportunities or ideas. So that's the first one. The second one is from reactive to proactive. Another shift that can be helpful, especially in engaging change, is to move from being reactive to becoming more proactive. Now, I am seeing the need for this exponentially right now. I think the change and just the constant churn around us has put all of us into more of a a reactive posture. And frankly, that gets frustrating and we feel like we are overwhelmed by it. In fact, I wrote about this in our weekly insights letter last week of how the overwhelm that I think a lot of us feel is from being in a reactive kind of defensive posture to everything that's been coming at us. And so one of the things that we can do as leaders is move back to a posture of proactivity. So with an understanding of how some are slower to accept change, We must take responsibility as leaders to proactively lead people through change. Oftentimes, we incorporate new initiatives without really thinking through how others will receive them and react to them, right? We're not anticipating how it's going to affect other people. And this is so, so, so key in effective change leadership. To lead people well in accepting the new we have to be proactive, trying to anticipate, okay, what are the questions going to be? What are the reservations going to be? Why might this be a good idea or not a good idea for the team? And I need to be proactively thinking about those things. So think about this for a minute. If you're launching a new initiative, your team has spent months thinking about it, budgeting for it, designing it, and launching it. You've spent considerable time getting comfortable with the new thing because you've been working on it for some time. It's not foreign to you, but for the people you serve, it's new, it's different, and they haven't had time to absorb it. So they haven't been living in it the same way you have. So this is really important for us to understand. We expect resounding applause for our wonderful new initiative, and often what we hear are grumbles about what's changing, right? So we find ourselves reacting to every criticism And we start to believe that people just don't like change. Now, again, we know from the law of diffusion of innovation that everybody embraces change a little differently, but sometimes we're quick to just assume they don't like change because we haven't proactively helped lead them through it. So in reality, they just didn't have time to adjust. So this is where we as leaders need to think more proactively in leading people to new ideas. There is no doubt there are new ideas and new initiatives your organization needs to be engaging right now. There are new strategies you need to be deploying in order to achieve your mission. 
the landscape has changed and we need to be changing with it. But we as leaders need to think more proactively in how are we leading people to those new ideas. How could you have invited more people into the designing and the planning of the idea? How could you have prepared them for the transition from the old to the new, right? Just how can you more proactively be thinking about the different people within your team and what they need to be able to embrace the change? How could you get ahead of the criticism instead of reacting to it? So I want to challenge you to really think through How can you more proactively prepare people? What will this feel like to them? Whatever the idea initiative change is that's coming, what's it going to feel like to them? How can you equip them? What questions will they have and how can you address them? And the more proactive you are, the less reactive you'll need to be. And then the third shift that I want you to consider is from pointing fingers to taking ownership. Okay, so this third shift I want you to consider making is from pointing fingers to taking ownership because all of us can have a tendency to blame others when things are challenging, right? Do you ever notice that in yourself that as soon as you feel a little defensive about something, you want to point the finger somewhere else? Well, it was because so-and-so did this or didn't do this, or it was because I didn't have time, or it was because, you know, we had this other project going on. And so we quickly will point fingers instead of taking ownership. All of us have a tendency to blame others when things are challenging. It's just, I think, a core part of human nature. The innovators point fingers at the majority who are slow to embrace new ideas or technology, right? So my innovators are pointing the finger to everybody else who's too slow. The majority point fingers at the innovators for causing disruption, right? So leaders take ownership. And wherever you sit in your organization, we need you to think like a leader and take ownership. I want you to hear that again, because I'm speaking to everyone, regardless of where you sit on the org chart. If you're a leader and a leader is a person who has influence, right? And has influence with others around them, leaders take ownership. And wherever you sit in the organization, we need you to think like a leader and take ownership. So the best question I can challenge you to ask is, what can I do? Simple question, what can I do? I might not be able to change things overnight, but what can I do? I'm working right now with a team that's working on some staff culture things. And their culture has just had some difficulty, as most of us have, right? But the culture's facing some challenges. And so staff morale is a little low and they're trying to work on it. And so there's a team that's assembled to work on staff culture. And oftentimes when they get in the discussions, they're kind of quick to point fingers at they, some nebulous they. I don't know if we think it's exec team. I don't know if we think it's, you know, another somebody who might be able to magically snap their fingers and make the culture better. But the reality is that this group can take ownership and take some responsibility for helping take steps to influence change. And it's all about their willingness to take ownership to say, hey, what can we do? We can't fix it all. Didn't break overnight. It's not going to get fixed overnight. But what can we do? I might not be able to change things overnight, but what can I do? That question is so powerful for every leader to consider. If you see opportunities for your organization to engage in a new initiative, what one step can you take 
that will help people get more comfortable with the idea. Just one step, one thing that you could do to help get people more comfortable with the idea. Perhaps it's as simple as assembling a group of people from all ages and stages of life in order to hear their ideas and to have a conversation about how this idea can further your mission, right? Just getting more input also goes back to being curious, doesn't it? When we choose to shift our perspective, we think differently and we lead better. And all of us are trying to figure out how to lead better right now, aren't we? And this shift in perspective opens up ideas, conversations, and doors. Guys, we have the amazing privilege of leadership. I tell you all the time, I think leadership is sacred work. This privilege of having the power to change or affect others is incredibly sacred work. We have this amazing privilege to be leaders. Leadership is a sacred opportunity to change and affect the lives of others. It's no small thing. So let's do this with great care and intentionality and think differently to lead better by embracing just three critical perspective shifts that I think can help us do that well. So in summary, those three shifts are from being stuck to being curious, from being reactive to being proactive, and from pointing fingers to taking ownership. So I hope that's got you thinking today. What are some things you can do to help lead your team through change? Again, there's no doubt that change is happening. We just need to figure out how can I help lead my team to embrace change or to move through change in a way that is sustainable and healthy. Because again, we so long for leaders to be thriving and healthy and for teams to be thriving and healthy. And so I hope this conversation today has given you some ideas to keep leading well. Thanks everybody. And we'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Lead Culture Podcast with Ginny Katrin brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. If you have any questions, please email us at podcast at getforesight.com. That's the word podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to follow or subscribe wherever you listen to quality podcasts so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from Lead Culture with Jenny Katrin. Your comments mean the world to us. So please consider taking a quick moment to rate and review our podcast. Remember, you need foresight for success. We'll see you next time.